wasn't doing anything, wasn't wearing bright colors, wasn't drawing attention to myself. Like I have burgundy hair now and it has like all of these jewels and gems in it. That was not me back then. I literally just had black braids. I was wearing all black. I literally was not doing anything crazy. Mm. Everyone would just stare at me. And it was so just imagine, right? If you're, if you're walking outside mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a velociraptor just like walks past you, like not doing anything, <laughs> not looking threatening, just walks past you. You're going to stop and stare. That's how people would stare at me. If ever there is a time where like the only opportunity in the world for me to see Dermot Kennedy in concert was if he was in the Czech Republic, if he was in Prague, that's the only time. That's the only thing that would make me go back there. That's it. That is it. If Dermot Kennedy is like, I am only going to be performing oh. in Prague for the rest of my career, then yes, I would go back to Prague. Oh my god. Okay. Understood. Understood. Won't you come along with me? Hello, hello. Welcome to Young Gifted and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Kendra as the guest. Kendra is originally from the state of Washington. She studied film at a university in the state of New York, and she's currently a talent producer in Los Angeles. And I actually found Kendra on accident. (laughs) So basically, there is a podcast company called Meet Cute that specializes in short romantic comedy stories and I was listening to some of their stuff and I happened to find that they also have a film review podcast called The Rom-Com Room and Kendra is one of the hosts of The Rom-Com Room. And so I was listening to some of those episodes and hearing Kendra mention how she went to this country here and that country there and something told me to look her up. So I did, and that's how I found out that she studied film in Prague, in the Czech Republic. And I also found out that that was not a pleasant experience for her, in the slightest. (laughs) Thankfully, she was down with being a guest on Young, Gifted, and Abroad, and so I learned during our conversation that... Her university in New York had a relationship with a famous film school in Prague and so that is where many film students would go study abroad including Kendra and she was really looking forward to this because she had heard previous students rave about how great Prague was and everything and um, what she didn't realize until she got over there is that those students who were raving about how amazing Prague was were not black and Kendra is black and so unfortunately she dealt with a lot of horrible racist mistreatment while she was over there from being stared at and even having people run away from her like they were so terrified of her Um, she even experienced being denied entry to certain places and there's a slur that is used against a certain ethnic group of nomadic people in Europe and Kendra experienced that slur being hurled at her as well. So yeah, she was not treated well in Prague for the most part. She was there for an entire semester and after two months of trying to tough it out and just trying to go out and about her daily life 
and being repeatedly mistreated while she was out in public. At a certain point, she decided enough was enough, and she spent the rest of that semester either in class or holed up in her dorm room. Now, there were certain bright spots. Um, there was a TV show that she watched during that time that really was her saving grace and helped get her through that time. I'll let you hear from her what that show was. Um, and she also had a few other black girls there in that program who empathized with her and offered her a lot of support. And there were even a few aspects of life in the Czech Republic that she found enjoyable. So it wasn't all bad there, but it was still pretty bad. <laughs> it was still a, a hostile environment. So I reached out to her because I wanted to hear about that. And I also wanted to know how she went from having this really unfortunate time in Prague and as a result being kind of turned off from traveling in Europe and traveling internationally in general, going from that to now having been to 20 countries as an avid solo traveler and amassed a significant following on social media, especially TikTok, making content about her solo travels and also her relationship to romance as a, a late bloomer in love and relationships and all that. Basically, how did she go from point A to point B? That's <laughs> what I wanted to find out. So that's mostly what we talked about, and I'm really glad I got the chance to speak with Kendra, not only as a fan of the rom-com room, but also just um, as someone who enjoys hearing people who are creative and passionate, and Kendra is definitely both of those things, very passionate about her various interests, and also has some really fascinating creative projects going on now, and hopefully has um, some others that will come to fruition in the future. And I hope you'll have fun listening to her as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Kendra Okereke. Yeah, I was really excited to talk to you because I'm a really big fan of the rom-com room. <laughs> so, <Aww. laughs> Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. I'm so happy. You, how did you find it? I I was, um, I've listened to a few meet cute stories and I think I was just looking to see like what they had that might be more recent. And then I saw the rom-com room. I think I was searching in Spotify or something and I saw the rom-com, mm. rom-com room and <laughs> I really like film review podcasts, and I saw that, um, you know, one of the hosts of the rom-com room was black. I mean, I'm sure you know you work in entertainment. A lot of the film discussion is, you know, uh, doesn't have enough of us in it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is cool. (laughs) 100%. And please know I am always fighting for us to do more, like, black rom-coms or rom-coms with more representation, because I feel like when you think rom-coms, you think, like, Cameron Diaz and Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, we got, like... We got like love and basketball. We got brown mm-hmm. sugar. We got so many. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was so 100%. happy. I, yeah, I, and I was so happy I found y'all. And um, 
how this how this all worked out. So um, yeah, thanks again for agreeing to be a guest. And yes, my pleasure. Been really. I'd love to. to- <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I know. I'd love to hear. I love Japan. So I mean, I, I you you're gonna have to tell me about your experience there. Like when we start recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been recording, so you know. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, okay. And of then. course, <laughs> things can always be cut out. It's no problem. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely something have you have you, i know you've been to a lot of places have you been yet to japan yeah so japan was actually my very my, my second solo travel trip i went in december of 2017 for christmas okay. and i only stayed in tokyo but i was there for 10 days like okay. i wanted to go out but i didn't get the jr pass or yeah you yeah. know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. just i don't know it was expensive for me at the time and i like wasn't making that much money <laughs> yeah. and i was totally fine honestly i feel like i have tokyo i had tokyo memorized like the back of my hand because i was there for 10 days i went all over so oh, wow. yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. see that's funny when i went i did not go to tokyo <laughs> oh wow really <laughs> and like, you were there for a whole summer i know i know i know it seems really kind of dumb now but at the time where it was located was like not in the sticks, but it was closer mm. to like Kyoto and Osaka. So those yeah. are the cities that I visited to go to mm-hmm. Tokyo. And I was in class every day. So it was like, you could only go to Tokyo on the weekends and you have to take a bus. And mm-hmm. then by the time you got there, you'd only have like two days there before you had to head back. Like it was, you know, and mm. I was just like, I think in my head, I was like, oh yeah, I'll. I'll probably be coming back to Japan soon anyway. It's no problem. Tokyo will still be there. And yeah. it's been so long. I still haven't been back to Japan. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's, I think I'll still be there. Yeah, yeah. I think I was focused on like trying to move there for a long time. So I wouldn't consider like visiting. So that's mm. part of also why um, I haven't been there in so long. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't get to, <laughs> I didn't experience Tokyo. <laughs> Whereas you, well, so I'm you guessing. Know, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm guessing that you liked it since you want to move there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me not get into, like, my <laughs> my many no, full I, dreams and aspirations. But, yeah, I wanted to. I don't to, mind. Um, <laughs> for, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't working out in the during that time where I was trying to make it work out. And uh, now they're not letting anybody in. So. <laughs> wow, really? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a whole thing where it's like some people are saying, uh, rightfully so, I think that a lot of it has to do with like xenophobia and, and believing that foreigners are the ones who are really like powering this pandemic. So they don't want to let too many foreigners in. Um, mm. whereas Japanese people, like Japanese nationals can come and go, no problem. And mm. so, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of people who, were just maybe they went to visit family and mm-hmm. happened to be out of the country by the time Japan kind of like closed, uh, what's it called? Closed their borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them w- were shut out and were like left stranded for a really long time. People, mm-hmm. you know, who had jobs there, or even international students. That's a huge uh, amount of people who kind of had their their academic careers in, in, in limbo and had to either like keep holding on or find other things to do. And it's still kind of up in the air as they're very gradually considering letting people back in. But yeah, they, wow. they have not been, um, they have not been letting people in like that. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. That's weak. 
<laughs> I mean, shoot, that was Ireland for the freaking longest time. So Ireland, so what Japan is to you is what Ireland is to me. Mm. Um, and like, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, but maybe we should, maybe we should start the show that we can talk about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, yes, definitely. I will remember to bring that back up if, if you don't. But yes, I, um, again, I was really appreciate you, um, agreeing to be on the show and, uh, talking about the Czech Republic. And your other solo travels, because I know that's a, another really big part of what you do on social media and stuff, sharing yeah. all that, uh, all those wonderful things that you do. So, um, yeah, we, why don't we go ahead and get started okay, cool. <laughs> with um, you just introducing yourself a little bit and we can go from there. Hey, everyone. My name is Kendra Okereke. I am a 29-year-old solo traveler based in Los Angeles. I've traveled to 20 countries around the world, and I have taken 16 solo travel trips, with my favorite country being Ireland. Mm. I also um, make travel content on TikTok, and I host a podcast, and then I have a full-time job as well. I'm a talent producer. <laughs> mm. So that is a little bit about me. Yeah. You know, you are a very well-experienced traveler, but I remember, I think I remember reading somewhere that it took you a while to get to this point because you had a an unfortunate experience in the Czech Republic, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, can, can we start with why you went to the Czech Republic and um, what you were hoping to get out of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, I went to Syracuse University in upstate New York for undergrad, and I was studying film there, and one of our professors was from the Czech Republic, and there's a very famous school in the Czech Republic, a film school called FAMU. Mm. Um, it's called the Film and TV School of the Academy of Performing Arts, something like that, but we call it FAMU. And so we already had connections with that school because we had a professor who was Czech and all of that stuff. And so I had always wanted to study abroad because I was out here trying to get the full college experience, which I absolutely did. Like I joined a sorority. I, you know, joined different clubs and all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, I have to go study abroad. And so for film students, that was where you went to go study abroad was, was FAMU. Mm -hmm. So me and, um, almost my entire film class went. And all the people who were older than me, all they talked about was Prague and how amazing Prague is and how beautiful the city is and how fun it is. Just all of these really positive things. Mm. And I was expecting to have the exact same experience as these kids. Now, Syracuse is a predominantly white school mm -hmm. and it didn't hit me that all of the people telling me that they had such an amazing experience there were white. Mm. And so... <laughs> I remember our program director had told us like some stories of what happened to kids of color in the past. And she like made this joke that a kid got spat on one time, like on the train. Oh, and I was ooh. like, and, and she made it a joke. And I like, just thinking back now, like that wasn't funny. Like that was clearly racism and they did not see it like that. Right, back, right. By the way, this was 2013 that I went, I went for, so I was there from January to May of 2013. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. So that was my spring semester of my junior year. So I was expected to have the same experience. Um, I learned very quickly that that was not going to be the case. And it's funny because in, in Prague, where I was, I'm pretty sure the neighborhood is called Oddborough, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it was right next to Charles River. Everyone would just stare at me, Danielle. Everyone mm. would just literally stop in their tracks and like, 
stare at me as I walked. Wasn't doing anything, wasn't wearing bright colors, wasn't drawing attention to myself. Like I have burgundy hair now and it has like all of these jewels and gems in it. That was not me back then. I literally just had black braids. I was wearing all black. I literally was not doing anything crazy. Everyone would just stare at me. And it was so just imagine, right? If you're if you're walking outside and all of a sudden a velociraptor just like walks past you. Like not doing anything, not looking threatening, just walks past you. You're gonna stop and stare. That's how people would stare at me. <laughs> I always use that analogy because I'm like, if you literally saw a velociraptor, you'd be like, What? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just that. It was I had instances I remember. So there were three other black girls in my program with me. One of them was from my school. The other two were from different schools because it was like a multitude of schools um, in, in that program. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to a restaurant and we sat down, as you do, and we just saw the servers like huddling together, looking at us and whispering and like tur- turning back to look at us and then going back to whispering. One comes over and is just like, you can't, you can't be here. You can't, you can't sit here. And we were just like, what? He was just like, yeah, we're not, you can't, you can't be in this restaurant because you are black. I was like, oh, okay. So it's like that. Uh-huh. So we left. Um, I remember another time, you know, Tesco is a popular grocery store there, but I went to another one just because it was closer to where I was at the time. And I was following, there were two people in front of me. Like there were two people I didn't know who were in front of me and they walked in fine. I tried to go through the doors. The security guy like stops me. He was like, no, you can't, you can't be in here. You can't mm-hmm. come in here. So I was like, okay, cool. Took that as like, you're not allowed in this grocery store because you're black. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the third thing was we had, so it was like a, fil- it was the film students and there were photo students who were also there. And the photo students were having like an art show at the end of the year to show off all of their work and everything. Mm-hmm. And I went to that art show. It was in a bar and they didn't like close down the bar for this. So the bar was still open to the public. Um, one of the photos was right next to a table of like really drunk men, like probably four or five of them. And so I go to the photo and like read the description and one of the guys pulls my arm and goes, you want to know why you're a gypsy? Because even the bones in your body are black. What? That is the, so the, the Czechs have a really, there's like a lot of conflict with people that they consider gypsies. They're basically people who immigrated there from like Middle Eastern countries. Mm. Um, the, <laughs> they basically just don't like anyone who is not Czech. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, and still to this day, I can't believe he like said that, to, like, to, you know, just like so emboldened. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of other little instances. I tried to like keep up with my fitness while I was there. So I would go for runs around the block, stop doing that because people were literally terrified out of their minds. Mm-hmm. I remember I rounded the corner. So I was just jogging. I rounded the corner. And one woman full on had a heart attack, like saw me coming, grabbed her purse and pulled it to the other side of her body so quickly and like all but like literally almost screamed, like so terrified to see a black person running. Oh, gosh. And so it was during that time that I just started. I also like wasn't allowed on the tram sometimes too. like the tram is a public transportation around. Yeah. Yeah. So I I will say I was expecting to have a fun experience where I just like, oh, I'm abroad. I get I'm going to travel every weekend. I'm Mm going to go explore all of the Czech Republic because it's really easy to access and stuff. Instead, I stayed in my dorm room and watched Modern Family for like the next. So it was like it was like two months of that. And then the next three months, I literally just stayed in my dorm room and watched Modern Family. Aww. 
which will forever be one of my favorite shows because I feel like it really helped me during that semester just like keep a smile on my face because I wanted to just cry every single day because I felt like I couldn't leave my apartment building. I couldn't leave because if I did, I would be treated like that. So then I just, I just started going to class and that was it. And then I would just go back to my room and watch Martin family. And thankfully there are enough episodes to keep me busy for three months. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. But honestly, like Martin family is what got me through that semester. I remember I had a, I had a whole like, you know those travel companies that work with college students to curate trips like all over Europe or all over to different countries and mm-hmm. you just like pay a fee and they take you like Greece and Italy and all these stuff? Mm-hmm. So I actually had a trip like that booked. I was supposed to go to like six other countries after Prague. I canceled it because I was like, this is this is my, I had turned 21 in Prague. So this is my mm-hmm. young 21 year old mind. Oh, that's mind. such a big, oh man, <laughs> yeah, dang it. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this was my own like ignorance. I was just like, well, every country in Europe must be like this. Uh-huh. So why would I go travel Europe when I'm just going to be treated like this everywhere? And obviously, as I've grown, I've learned that that's not all of Europe. That's just Eastern Europe. Mm. <laughs> like it's all you got better. It's like Eastern Europe because I went to I went to Estonia recently. I went to Estonia for uh, Christmas mm-hmm. this year, and exact same thing although it's funny because i got treated the exact same way yet i the way i responded to it was different i think it's because i've grown more in my identity Mm -hmm. right as a black traveler at that time just like living in a foreign country i was very young i grew up in an all-white society i went to a predominantly white school i was surrounded by white people Mm -hmm. i did not have a strong sense of myself as a black woman i did not have a strong sense of myself as a black person and so i feel like as i've grown and now i'm I'm 29 i've gotten to see more of the world and meet more different people i have a stronger sense of who i am Mm -hmm. and so i feel like i let it bother me less but it was rough then danielle yeah it was rough yeah Yeah. you didn't know to expect any of that um Mm -hmm. and oh man i'm so sorry kendra i i i i feel for 21 year old kendra because that you didn't deserve any of that and um i'm so sorry (laughs) i appreciate that you know what danielle i'm actually not sorry i needed that experience to happen because i needed my eyes to be opened yeah right that's true um Like, I had experienced racism growing up, but I didn't call it racism. I just called it people being mean to me, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I understood it was racism until, like, a a, a while after it happened. And I feel like with Prague, it made me just, like, I couldn't just be over here being wishy-washy, being like, oh, no, I'm I'm a person. Like, no, Kendra, you are a black person. That is how the world sees you. They see Mm -hmm. you as a black person. And there's no, like, there's no way that you can confuse that. Like, I am (laughs) dark-skinned. I am I am a black person and I think that situation helped me mature a lot. Yeah. Like a lot a lot. It made me stand up for myself, it emboldened me. Um it just made me more confident. So I am not sorry for that experience, but I also would not repeat it. So Yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Yeah, yeah I was listening yeah. to you and it you were hitting on so many things that I have also experienced. I remember hearing other people talk about um like when you mentioned the <laughs> The Velociraptor. I love Jurassic um, Park. That's my Jurassic Park <laughs> reference I had to include in here. <laughs> um, there is this guy I spoke to. He went to China multiple times, but I remember he was telling me about being stared at. He, he was in one city and it was cool, but then he went to a different city and they were staring at him 
Like, as you described being staring at, I remember, I'll never forget it. He said, and much like you, he was, he was saying, you know, if you've never seen someone who looks like me before and suddenly I show up, you know, for me, for him back in Chicago, he said that would be like seeing an elephant in the hood. Like you would stare. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So, you know, so he was, he, he didn't appreciate it. But he also could understand where they were coming from. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Go go ahead. <laughs> I also feel like there's a difference in those situations, right? Because for my 27th birthday, I went to Mongolia and it was the same thing. The only difference was it wasn't malicious, right? Mm-hmm. People were staring at me, but it wasn't like... I don't actually know how to describe it. I'm still trying. It's been like three years. I'm still trying to find the words to describe it. It just, they did not have malicious intent. Like they were curious, but they were very nice people, Mm -hmm. right? Like I had a lot of people come up and ask to take a photo with me, which I did not allow because that was weird. Like, why do you want a picture with a black person? Mm -hmm. But I just felt like in the Czech Republic, people would stare at me with the intention of like, how can I harm her? That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. and in mongolia i didn't feel like people want to harm me it was just like okay they, they you know there aren't a lot of like people from different african countries that immigrate to mongolia so yeah it's it's the same thing like if you've never seen someone like me or you've only seen me so how some uh, i met a lot of mongolian women there mm-hmm. how they described it to me is like the only time they see black people is when they're watching basketball or like watching like rap videos mm-hmm. and so if you see me you're gonna you're, you're gonna be like oh wow I, I you know i've seen someone like you on tv before um but it wasn't like malicious i just i like i i never felt unsafe in mongolia even though everyone was staring at me just as much as they were in prague mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's because, like, I didn't get the same treatment. Like, I was still allowed on public transportation in Mongolia. I was still allowed in restaurants. People still served me. Everyone smiled at me. Like, it was it was fine, you yeah. know? So yeah. You could sense people's intention and learn to recognize the difference. Um, even if it is uncomfortable, you can see, you know, when people are trying to... Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's so much. That's so much. <laughs> um yeah. Can can we back up a little bit? I was curious about, you know, you said you studied film. What was your like your concentration within film? What did you want to do with film when you were at, at Syracuse? Oh goodness, Danielle. This is my favorite part of my life. This is my favorite version of myself in my twenties. <laughs> the, the I call it Kendra the film nerd. <laughs> where, um so I grew up wanting to be an actress. And I want to be on Broadway. I want to go to Juilliard or NYU and all that stuff. And so when it came time to picking my major for school, I was like, okay, I know what goes on behind the camera. I want to know, or sorry, in front of the camera. I want to know what goes on behind the camera. Mm. And I was the biggest film nerd. I had watched more movies than anyone I had ever met in my life. I'm not kidding. Mm. I used to just sit and like, I had seen every movie and I was just like really interested in directors. I could argue about like which cinematographers were better for which directors and like which composers and which producers at this movie, which studio has really good movie, and all of like, I was just, I knew everything. And so mm. that's why I studied film. Um, but I didn't have a, the film program at Syracuse uh, for VPA anyways was not like a concentration. It wasn't like, oh, film, and then you concentrate on cinematography or you con- uh, concentrate on producing. We learned everything. We learned mm. script writing. We learned directing. We learned acting for the camera. We learned, uh, we shot on 16 millimeter. We shot on 35 millimeter. We we did pretty much everything. So it was actually a very well-rounded education that I got there. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good to know that you, you know, learned everything. I'm going to get back to Prague, but I remember you saying something about, uh, on the wrong camera, you said something about interning at the Cannes Film Festival. Was that while you were a student at Syracuse or was that like 
later on down the road. Yeah, that was, oh gosh, that was the best summer of my life because I did absolutely nothing but sit on my couch and think. So what happened was after the summer after my sophomore year, I had an internship, like literally right after school classes ended, I went like straight to New York and I went to, or sorry, I went straight to France from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a two week internship at the Cannes Film Festival. It was magical. It was freaking everything that I've ever dreamed of. (laughs) Got to walk the red carpet, got to dress up, got to meet celebrities and famous directors, got to go to movie premieres and feel fancy and just like see yachts and cool clubs and just eat at nice restaurants. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Um, that was like a, my crash course in like France too, because <laughs> <laughs> just like having to pick up French really quickly. Yeah. Um, but the Cannes Film Festival was an absolute dream. I felt, I felt like a celebrity being there. Um, and it was a great internship program. But right after that internship program, I returned home and I had just, so my sophomore year was a very interesting year. Like I said in the beginning, I lived in my sorority, or sorry, I was a part of a sorority. I lived in my sorority house my sophomore year, which was just like, very hard for me because Syracuse has a lot of like really privileged people who just grew up super rich. And that's Mm -hmm. what my sorority was. Like I could not afford to be in my sorority and everyone else just like did not, it just like dumped like $800. It was was nothing. And I was like, $800 is literally how much my mother makes in like five months. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just like really hard. Um, But after that experience of living my sorority house, living with like all of these girls who are super privileged and just like having that lifestyle, I went home and did nothing but like think about who I am and what I want out of life and what I want my direction to go. And I swear to God, I like didn't do anything else that summer, but like sit in the same spot on my couch and just think. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was the summer I grew the most because I really just reflected on everything. So I love, I love that summer because of Can and because of that moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had this very glamorous introduction to France. Um, mm-hmm. in this very specific, this famous grand <laughs> film festival context. And then, you know, had all summer to reflect on what you wanted your life to be. Um, yeah. did you <laughs> decide? Did you come to any conclusions about what you wanted your life to be at the time? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I decided I didn't want to be that person. I didn't. Because, like, my whole thing was I watched the show. This is going to date me. I watched the show Greek growing up, and it's basically about, like, oh, Greek yeah. life at this college. It was on ABC Family when before it was Freeform. Mm-hmm. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, and I want to be Casey Cartwright. I wanted to be the president of my sorority. I want to do that whole life. And I just quickly learned that that wasn't for me. And I think that was the first time. I had made a decision in my life to do something and then decide like, you know, actually that that's not for me. Mm-hmm. So the very first day, my best friend came with me and I deactivated from my sorority and I went to go live with, there is an adjoining school to Syracuse called ESF and it's basically like all the kids who study about like nature and, and plants and agriculture and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I just call them hippies because <laughs> they're very much <laughs> like that. But I went to go live with a group of them, um, their cross country team. And it just like completely changed who I was. I just felt like I felt more grounded mm-hmm. doing that. Whereas being in a sorority just felt like very flashy and superficial and just not who I was and not who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I told myself like, I want to just explore different avenues. So like I started running with the cross country team and I started like, they got me outdoors. I'm not an outdoor person at all. <laughs> um, and I, I like went hiking and camping and stuff. And you know, then I started joining other clubs. I started hanging out with like more black people at the school and I got just m- a lot more invested into like film and like started focusing more on that like i wrote a few scripts i made some movies and so yeah i i made a decision and i'm happy that i did i'm actually like very proud of myself because that was 
a time where I was very deeply insecure mm. and I did not think I would make good decisions for myself. And that was a really good decision I made for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I really admire that. Especially, I don't know, at that age, like you said, when you, when you were feeling insecure and um, not really sure about who you are, what you want. And I'm just thinking about, I've never been in a sorority or anything, but I'm just thinking about like how much time you spend like showing yourself worthy of being in that group and then showing your dedication and then having to turn around yep. and be like, yeah, I'm not in this anymore. <laughs> yep. And then that changes your living situation. Cause you, like you said, you were living in the sorority house. Like that takes a lot of, um, I mean, people think maybe people think sororities are just like whatever, but I feel like that would take a lot of courage to do, to be like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. And that's, I think that's why I reflect on that moment. And I'm just like, I'm really proud of myself because I was not, I was not this version of myself now where like mm. I could easily do that. Like I was still deeply insecure, mm. didn't want to offend people, didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, always put other people's feelings before my own, never took care of myself. So mm. um, I'm really happy that I was able to make that decision in the moment. I just feel like that was what was best for me at the time. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it has uh, developed into you growing into the person you are, you are now, and like you said, having this very full college experience where you were mm -hmm. trying out all these different things. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did that as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so w when you went to Prague, you know, you said you went for a whole semester. Was that the longest time that you had ever, I mean, I guess, yeah, that is a long time. But, like, was that the longest time you had ever uh, been abroad at that point? Yeah. So growing up, I, I spent two weeks in Israel when I was 16, which I I need to go back there. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I I had been to Canada multiple times and I'd spent time there. But in terms of just like being away abroad, just and not returning back to the United States. Yeah, that was the longest time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you feel any apprehension about that, about being away for so long? No, because to be honest, I'm not... Um, not the closest with my family. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, there was a reason I grew up in Washington and went to school in New York. I was like, how far away can oh. I get? <laughs> oh, yeah, you Washington literally went United across States. the country. <laughs> literally went across the country. Um, so, you know, I, I found college. It's funny because I actually found my college experience very relatively easy because of that. Mm. I had this girl who lived on my floor who... um she was two hours from home and couldn't handle it. She dropped out of school. She was just like, I'm too far from my family. I miss them so much. And I just mm. like, I never understood that sentiment because that wasn't who I was. Um, so being away at college, going abroad and stuff, that was always easy for me. And even like kids in my program in Broadwood would like get homesick and be like, oh, I want my parents to come out here. I miss them so much. I'm like, I don't understand that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was as long as I was away from home. But it was like, that was that was fine for me, you know? Mm. That was fine. Even like now, I'm just like, I wish I could be abroad longer, but now I have two cats, so I can't. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh, what are their names? Yeah, kind of, uh, Kings, Kingston and Curry. They're my boys. Um, Kingston, we all have May birthdays, which I love, but Kingston's eight and Curry's six. No. Okay. No, Curry's five. Sorry. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, and you all get to celebrate your birthdays together. Yeah, I know. It's oh. very fun. That's so adorable. I'm not a cat person because I I'm pretty sure I'm slightly allergic, uh, so Aww. I'm more on the dog side of things. But yeah, that's that's so cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, 
<laughs> what I was going to say before I got distracted by the cat thing is that um, <laughs> it sounds like you developed a sense of independence pretty early. And I guess that is, well, like you said, that's kind of like what you wanted, like that distance away from your family and just being able to be in a space that was your own, you know. Um, do you feel like you're a really independent person in that way? That is an understatement. Um, I have a a friend who would call it uh, violently independent. Oh, okay. (laughs) Literally so independent that people look at me and be like, do you need anything, Kendra? Like, do you need anything in your life? Um, But, you know, that was kind of like, that wasn't abnormal for me at the time, right? So growing up, I had, uh, like, I had summer jobs and I worked in my church's nursery. And so I had, like, a bit of a paycheck, a bit of income coming in. And I would use that to, like, go hang out with my friends and stuff. And the second I got my license, I stopped asking my parents permission for things. Mm. I was just like, I have my license. I have a car. I'm just going to go. Um, and then even during college, I had two work study jobs. So I was working my way through college. And so I had always been pretty independent um, and just kind of, like, keeping to myself and, even now, I'm very, very independent. I mean, I feel like to solo travel, you need to be a level of independent, mm-hmm. right? Because you're by yourself in this different country and it, everything, all your decisions are up to you. Um, your itinerary is completely up to you. How you spend your time is completely up to you. So it does require someone who is independent. If you are the type of person where you can't even like go to a restaurant by yourself, or you're, you're, you can't even go to the grocery store, you, ha- you always have to have a friend with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a lot harder yeah. to solo travel. So. Yeah, but I I think that's just part of my personality. But I will say, you know, I don't want to be independent in the sense that people think that I don't need anything because I do need I do need things. Right, I do need people course. to check in on me. I do need love in my life. I do need like help sometimes. And so I think I'm trying to get to a version of myself where I'm not like dependent, but I'm a bit like softer, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people would describe me as strong and independent. And I'm like, I want to mm-hmm. be soft. And I want to be in companionship and I want to like move through life with someone now. Yeah. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely get that from um, listening to your show and how you've talked about how you and and Mercedes both talk about. um, Oh, I'm trying to remember what the segment is called. It's toward the end where where y'all talk about whether the couple needs to be together or not. Oh, couples therapy. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, like, both of your ideas about relationships obviously come out in that segment. And so I definitely Mm -hmm. hear that when you talk about, like, what you would want or what you think is best in, like, a partnership and wanting to, you know, like you said, be soft and be be supported and all that, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, definitely, even as a, a, you know, we get that stereotype as a... A strong independent woman, but you are strong independent black woman specifically. But you mm-hmm. know, even as someone who has is as um, supposedly uh, violently independent as you, like you still need <laughs> care, you still need tenderness and support. And, exactly. Um, I hope you, I, like I said. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go no, on. I was just saying. I hope you get more of those things. I'm sure you have a, or I would hope you have a support system now, and I just hope you get more of that because. Definitely deserving. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, part of my TikTok is talking about solo travel. And the other part is talking about being a late bloomer, just someone who's older who has very little to no romantic experiences. Mm-hmm. And I started a Facebook group for my TikTok for people who identify as late bloomers. It's just a safe space for people who, you know, have had to kind of watch everyone around them get into relationships and fall in love. And they're just over here, like, why is that not happening for me? And it's a place for us to just like 
receive support get advice mm-hmm. but also for us to celebrate when like you know because a lot of us like have never kissed someone i've never been on a date have never had sex like all these things mm-hmm. and so it's a place for us to celebrate when like oh guys like i'm i'm going on a date this weekend like that's awesome or like oh hey i've been seeing i've been seeing this person and we finally kissed and that was my first kiss it's like that's so cool mm-hmm. so yeah and it's also a place too where we don't get the dismissive responses that we get from the rest of society right so when uh, traditionally when you tell someone like hey i'd like to be in a relationship i'd like to know what it's like to be in love you get people who are like oh you're not missing out oh it happens when you least expect it oh you just have to love yourself and i'm just like i want to cut off the heads of everyone who says that because it's so dismissive and insensitive and so it's just a place for us to be like you know what i really desire partnership and for us to be like i understand how you f- feel and i'm sorry mm-hmm. that you're feeling that way so yeah if any of your listeners want to join my Facebook group, it's called Late Bloomer Support. <laughs> Late Bloomer Support. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Letting people know they're not alone in that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm thinking about myself because I guess I technically do also fall into that category. But um, yeah, it's great that you've created that to help people feel less alone and like you said, being late bloomers in love and all that stuff. Mm. And yeah. Oh yeah, remember you said. Uh, that when you were in the Czech Republic, you know, after two months, you were, for the first two months, you were trying to tough it out and just, you know, just go about your life and everything out and about in Prague. And then at, at, after like two months, you were like, no, I can't, I can't do this anymore, which is understandable. And so you spent most of that time in, <laughs> in class or in your room watching Modern Family. Do you remember like in class, like what you were typically doing or studying in class while you were in Prague? Yeah, so we had multiple classes. So we had an acting class that we did. We had a script writing class. We had um, a 35 millimeter class where we had to make a film shot on 35 millimeter. And then we also had just like this production class where we had to break off into groups and make the, like the group had to make a film and, and we had to write it and shoot and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were primarily my classes. I'm trying to think if there was another one. I mean, yeah, that was probably, those, those were like the, Four big pockets, mm. essentially. Okay. Yeah. I, I know you said Modern Family really got you through. Um, <laughs> well, did you find anything redeeming about Prague or the Czech Republic that you enjoyed about that experience? Or was it just kind of like the whole the whole place was just written off your list at that point? You know, was there anything mm. about, I guess, was there anything positive about being in that country or in that city that you could also hold on to at the time? Uh, the nightlife was insane. I mean, 20, 21-year-old Kedra in Prague at night. Holy crap. They have some of the best clubs over there. They really do. Mm-hmm. There was um, my club, like my go-to place. I, I think it was called Nebo. Ugh, love that place. Had the best music. <laughs> then they had the five-story club where like each story was a different genre of music. So one story they had like rap and hip-hop. Then they had like rock. Then they had like funk and it was so fun and they just had a, they just had amazing clubs around there like great like take it like yeah i didn't go out during the day but like at night on the weekends i'm like hey <laughs> i am out here mm-hmm. <laughs> i was out in those streets mm-hmm. uh but i think that was probably the most fun part about Prague. i don't think i ever had like a bad night i remember one night we went to a break dancing competition me and like some of the other girls in my program we went to this breakdancing competition and it was literally all of these breakdancers from like Eastern European countries, which was so weird. It was weird to be at a breakdancing competition. Everyone was white. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, and <man. laughs> the, the, the team that won was from Russia. 
And I don't know what came over me, but I thought they were so cute. I walked up and talked to them. We ended up spending the entire night with them till 6 a.m. It was so cool. It was so fun. Mm. Um, yeah. And I may or may not have made out with one of them, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was like such a, that was such a fun night. So that was cool. And then also like the semester started in January. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly like winter when we were there. So yeah. when the sun started to come up and stuff, it was so much nicer, you know, to just kind of see outside like a little bit and <laughs> try to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also too, like I spent a weekend in Germany, went to Berlin for the Berlin film festival, which I love Germany, mm-hmm. still one of my favorite countries. And we also went to Austria and Austria was pretty beautiful too, but uh, Austria had its own problems. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, so I feel like the, the I feel like that was the redeeming part. Also, like everything was so cheap. Like you could get mold wine for like twenty five crown, which was like less than a dollar. Mm. Um yeah, everything was like relatively inexpensive because Prague or sorry, the Czech Republic is not on the Euro. Um so Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I did not realize <laughs> that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got things for cheap and got to have uh, experienced some really fun nightlife. There was a few bright spots, I guess. <laughs> um, did you have anyone you could like actually talk to about like to get support from or just to, to hear you out on the issues you were having? Did, did you have anyone who could uh, that you could talk to about about that? Yeah. So like I said, there were three other black girls in my program. So I became really close with like two of them who are from different schools, like uh, two of them. still very good friends with of the three. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they understood, but it was also so funny how we had very different experiences there, even though all of us were black, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they agreed that I was racist, but they also, so one of them was from Atlanta. So grew up around all black people. And the other one, like, had a very strong sense of themselves as a black woman. Mm. And so the way that they responded to it was very different from me, right? This was my first instance of like people making me hyper aware of the fact that I was black mm, or yeah. that wasn't their first instance. And if it was like, they already had a sense of security in themselves. And so they were, they offered me so much support. That's why I'm still friends with them today because like mm. it was, it was a hard semester for me, but I just, I talked about it with them. And then also, so that program director I mentioned in the beginning who made that joke about a student, you know, getting spit on, mm-hmm. uh, I, I went to her and I told her like, listen, you guys need to like warn students of color before coming here because I've had a terrible experience. And I, and I explained it to her and she felt really bad. And then when I went back to school, um, I had a meeting with my professor, the one who was Czech and just like told him like, listen, we need to have a program where we prepare students who are like students of color who are going abroad for like what they can experience. So we actually did start a program like that for a little bit, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm very happy that that was like one of the results that came out of my experience there, but just like, yeah, I mean, I made sure people knew. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be quiet about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to be quiet about those things. And I'm glad that you found a way to, like, I guess, pay it forward or try to make things better for other students of color coming up behind you, studying abroad and, and everything. And, and let me make something clear, yeah. too. Like, it wasn't like I was walking around being like, I'm just a person that's like, I don't see color. It right, was just that, <laughs> like I said, I had never been made hyper aware that I was black until mm-hmm. like that moment. I knew that I was a black person. Like I right. grew, I'm first generation. Both of my parents are from different countries in Africa. Like I, I knew that I was black. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure it doesn't come off as like, Oh, I, I don't see color. Like, yeah. That was not. <laughs> yeah. And Oh Lord, there was something right there that I was going to say. Oh yeah. When you were saying how they need to like, warn 
or just, you know, inform students of color before they go to Prague or, you know, some other places. It's just like, I'm just so stuck on the spitting thing because Mm -hmm. not that I'm trying to substantiate the, the horrible stereotype that black people or people of color in general are like more violent or whatever. But like, if you spit on somebody, like, I don't even know how to fight. Right. But I would probably, that would be my impulse, right? You spit on me. I have to fight you because, I mean, that's one, that's disgusting. Two, I'm pretty sure that's like, that's considered assault in like a lot of states, if not across the country here. Like, you're not going to spit on me. And it's just like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just, you're 100% right. I just can't imagine. I, I just feel like a black person going somewhere and being spat on. And they don't know to expect being treated in a certain way. I feel like that sets them up to, you know, react in a way that will have them like in trouble when it's like they could have, if they had been prepared, they'd be able to handle that situation differently as opposed to just being like, oh, I'm just here trying to not be in anyone's way. I'm just trying to enjoy myself. I'm just trying to learn. And here I am having someone spat spitting on me. And now I have to get physical in a yep. whole different country and who knows what the re- repercussions are for that you know that's dangerous yep. you can't set students up for failure like that you know exactly oh goodness just oof oh okay let deep me breaths, think about something breaths. else <laughs> i just oh i just i don't even like people touching me so it's like spitting on me it's like oh anyway i'm glad you didn't experience that um <laughs> Thank you. I am too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> as you mentioned, you, you know, uh, eventually started this this journey of being a solo traveler. And you either said it on the show or I read it somewhere how Italy was like your first foray out as a solo traveler. And then now Ireland is your favorite country. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, what, <laughs> I guess, what happened that change your approach to travel and made you want to give it another try you know how did you go about getting back on the saddle again figuratively (laughs) yeah that's a good question so my last semester of college I started teaching myself Italian and I actually got like really far and pretty good and I got to the point where I was using Duolingo Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I just like, I had so many questions and no one to answer them. And so I saw, but I had, I had been dreaming of like going to Italy and like seeing the Sistine Chapel and, you know, seeing David, the the statue of David and all of these things. Cause I, like I said, I was teaching myself Italian. I was researching Italy Hmm. and granted I didn't go for another three years, (laughs) but I was just like, you know what? Well, I remember this was my, my job at the time was the first job I had had outside of college or sorry, after college, where I could actually take a vacation. And that mm. was huge for me because I went almost four years after graduating from college without taking a vacation. Oof. So not a single day off, nothing. Like mm. I was, if I had to be at work, I was there. So I was like, you know what? I am going to use my 10 days of vacation that Americans get for <laughs> mm. having a job. <laughs> and yeah, I took it. And, and my boss was super nice and she was awesome. And so, yeah, I took a, took a two week trip to Italy for my 25th birthday and did exactly what I had always dreamed of. I saw the Sistine Chapel. I saw the statue of David. I went to Florence. I did a wine tour in Tuscany. Like I, I loved it. And what made me want to continue solo traveling was I just found 
a different motivation. I feel like when you see a lot of travel influencers or travel bloggers, they travel for food or they travel, you know, so they can see like all of these like pretty sights and stuff. For me, I actually stayed in a hostel. I stayed in Rome in an all-female hostel where I met some of the best women I've ever met in my entire life. Mm. And all of them just had such interesting stories and all of them blew my mind. And it was so amazing to me how deep we connected on so many different topics like religion and love and like work and careers and just like our different cultures. And we all like went to the Trevi Fountain together at night and we just all became such good friends. I'm still friends with all of them today. And to me, I was like, that is so much more worth traveling than anything else, having Mm. those types of experiences. So now my primary motivation for solo traveling is to stay in hostels and meet people and just have a connection with them. And that's what I've been able to do. And that's why I feel like I'm kind of unique in my space, because like I said, the travel like the travel industry is like completely flooded with you know people who are here like hey guys here are the best places to eat in italy or best places to eat in morocco (laughs) or like here are the best things to see when you go to egypt or the best things to do when you go to denmark and i'm over here like guys here are the best hostels to stay in when you go (laughs) when you go somewhere so i i just felt like i had such a rich and rewarding experience when i went to italy completely opposite experience of Prague, and it just made me want to keep traveling and now i you know i have the bug and i want to keep traveling i i want to go to central america next mm. and because i have a fully remote job so i can work from anywhere so i'm thinking about going to central america for a little bit to work nice mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah i hope you are able to do that and i you mentioned how ireland is like your favorite how did ireland become your favorite country yeah, it's because I went there by accident. Oh. <laughs> so, at the time I was working my I was working on like UK based shows. So we had a show in Scotland and we had like multiple shows that were shot all over England. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go there to just like see the countries where our shows were shot, but it was so expensive to get to and it was cheaper to fly into Ireland. So I spent like four days in Ireland and I freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Everyone was so nice and I felt just like I just I felt different. I can't I can't describe it. Mm. So then I went back later that year and now I've been three times. And when I'm in Ireland, I am exactly who I want to be as a person. Mm. I am bold. I am confident. I am fearless. I just, I love who I am when I'm there. I love the people. I love the country. I love the culture. It's just such a magical place of just a unique and different experience. Right. Mm. And I, I love it over there. I'd love to get married to an Irishman and raise my kids in Ireland. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Ireland is way up there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you want to go to Central America next. Is, is there like anywhere else that's like really high on your places you want to go in the future? Absolutely. So I would love to go to Nepal. Ugh, I'd, I'd want to go to Nepal for like a month, though, you know, <laughs> mm. um, I'd love to go to Nepal. I've also been looking at American Samoa and Samoa as well, mm. because I just I think the culture is so fascinating there, just like the Polynesian culture is is really cool. So I'd love to go there as well. Um I'd love to, so I, I, I need to go to the Netherlands because I have so many friends there. And I was actually supposed to go to Netherlands and the Belgium for my 28th birthday, which was May of 2020. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, I had to cancel that trip. So I still haven't been there, but, um, 
would love to go there. Um, I would love to do a whole Southeast Asia trip where I just hit like Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, the Philippines. Mm. Um, I'm actually going to Bali this year in Indonesia. So that will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a bunch of places, but also too, Danielle, like I really just want to be married and have kids and kind of be at home. So. I have like an exact opposite. Like I could do either. That's literally where I'm at in my life right now. Like I could go travel the world Mm -hmm. or I could just stay at home with kids. Like, (laughs) would you want to be like one of those traveling families? I know that's like more of a thing now where people travel, especially when the kids are young, they like travel to different countries with their family. Is that something you'd want to do or would you want to be more settled in one place? I think it's probably the most important thing you could do for a child is to, have them travel Hmm. because when you expose them to different cultures and different people early on they start to understand that that is the norm rather than it being like a one-off experience right Mm -hmm. if they grow up in a place where everyone looks like them and everything around them is exactly the same and then they travel they're gonna think oh this is like a one-off experience like no you need to like see what the world actually looks like Mm -hmm. and you need to grow up understanding that this is what the world looks like so yes i would like to travel obviously I'm the type of person, I don't want to travel full time. I like to take my two week mm. trips, come back home, sleep in my bed, then go for like another two weeks, come back home, sleep in my bed. So I'd like to have like a home base, but also like, I don't, I don't really want to have kids in America. So I'm mm. hoping it will be easier <laughs> wherever we are to just like travel and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. You know, um, I can't, I cannot fault you for not wanting to have kids in this country. Yeah. Yes. As sad as that sounds, that is very, very real. So, um, yeah. And as you said, you, you don't regret your experience in Prague, but it's not an experience you'd want to repeat. So is that to say that you don't, like, you would not want to go back to the Czech Republic? Or, um, are you open to going there again? If that opportunity were to pre- present itself? Or you're just like, nah, I'm, I've been there, done that. I'm over it. I'm good. <laughs> I will say this. If ever there is a time where, like, the only opportunity in the world for me to see Dermot Kennedy in concert was if he was in the Czech Republic, if he was in Prague, that's the only time, that's the only thing that would make me go back there. That's it. That is it. If Dermot Kennedy is like, I am only going to be performing oh. in Prague for the rest of my career, then yes, I would go back to Prague. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Understood. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of a one-off thing for me, right? I mean, there are yeah. countries I've been to that I don't feel the need to go back to, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mongolia, I did it. I don't necessarily feel the need to go back to Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Um, Estonia, I did it. I don't feel the need to go back. Like, the Scandinavian countries, I did those. I don't feel the need to go back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some countries that are one-off, and then there are some countries that you just keep going back to, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Italy will be a country... Like, I'm actually supposed to be going to Italy in August again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Italy is a country I'm you know i'll keep going back to ireland i'll always go back to you know and then there are other countries i want to experience so yeah 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 for sure you mentioned mongolia um i'm just curious is it hard to get there like i figure i feel like that's not a place a lot of people go to so i mean was it hard to manage going to mongolia that's exactly why I went there, Danielle, because oh. not a lot of people go there. <laughs> and I wanted to I wanted to just travel somewhere off the bean path. It's actually not hard to get to. So I live in Los Angeles. So from LAX, I flew 12 and a half hours to Beijing, China. Mm-hmm. And then it was about two hours to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Mm-hmm. So I just had one stop, which was pretty nice. Okay. Um, but it was also like a, a 12 and a half hour flight. But I'm the type of person, I only sleep on planes. Like this, 
This flight was very unique because the flight left at 1 a.m. So I was I was dead asleep the whole time. I think I woke up to eat like once mm. and I was dead asleep the entire time. I woke up and we were in China. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was cool. Okay. Yeah, you mm-hmm. got to sleep most of that time and pretty pretty seamless journey. So, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you mentioned how in the beginning when you were studying film at Syracuse, you really wanted to be an actress and now you're a talent producer, correct? Um, yes. So, I mean, how did you, you know, how did you end up kind of shifting into like what you're doing now? Yeah, well, I think as you grow, your dreams and your intentions and your ambitions change a mm-hmm. lot. Um, I I do know, though, so I actually did a semester in Los Angeles while I was still in school. Mm. So I did spring semester of my junior year in Prague and then fall semester of my senior year in Los Angeles. Okay. And I interned for a talent management company. And basically, I would get to sit in while actors came and audition looking for a representation. And the way that they talked crap about them after they left mm. and like the criticism that they received and the fact that you can go on like 40 auditions and not get a single one i think i was just kind of burnt out from that because going to college was really difficult for me i had applied to so many schools and got rejected from all of them Mm. and then i had applied for over 150 scholarships got rejected from all of them and then including like internships throughout school i had i remember between my the summer and that fall semester of my senior year i had applied for like over 150 internships didn't get any of them Mm -hmm. so i just felt i at that time just like very burnt out from that process of like you know this is a this is a career path where it's mostly rejection i don't handle rejection well um (laughs) so (laughs) i just yeah i made the decision like you know what just knowing my personality and my temperament i don't think this is the best career path for me Mm -hmm. um and like i respect actors a lot but also i don't think it's a lifestyle i could live yeah that's i'm glad you had that realization before you got in too deep and had dedicated like you know decades upon decades of your life to this thing that wasn't ended up not being fulfilling i mean some people find that it's worth it i guess that's part of like some people just see that as the actor's journey but yeah i feel you i don't take rejection well either so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i understand you looking at that and be like oh yeah i don't i don't think that's for me (laughs) yeah exactly um with your traveling, you know, you're very active on Instagram and on TikTok as well. What made you want to like, I mean, other than probably, you know, wanting to document it for yourself, what made you want to become active in like, you know, sharing your travels on um, on social media in the way that you do? So that's actually a very interesting question. Um, it actually has nothing to do with documenting it for oh. myself. Um, I'll tell <laughs> no you the story, though. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you are totally fine to <laughs> assume that. Because I feel like that's part of it now. But So the reason I got on TikTok, the reason I even started posting was because I was I created a television show where basically the premise is, uh, as a late bloomer, I travel the world and have people teach me about love. And I learn about love from you know, different countries and the culture of love. And then I interview late bloomers in those different countries as well. Mm. And I was pitching this television show around town to like different production companies. And everyone kept saying like, interesting idea, but you need some sort of IP. You need some sort of proof that it can work on its own. Mm. So I was talking to my friend about this and they were like, why don't you get on TikTok? And I'm over here like, TikTok is for seven-year-olds because at the time I had only (laughs) known kids who used it. So I was like, TikTok is for seven-year-olds. And she's like, no, there's a lot of good stuff on there. (laughs) So I spent like, 
I downloaded the app. I spent like a week just studying it, just watching videos, you know, under like watching YouTube videos about how to use the different features and functions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, you know what, this is going to be where I try to do like a version of my show because in my show, obviously I talk about traveling. I talk about love. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I decided to do on my TikTok. So now 250,000 followers later, like I can show that it has worked. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of buzz in the press lately about people featuring me, not only for being a solo traveler, but also being a late bloomer. And I'm really grateful for that. So I'm happy that I got on this platform and was able to prove that, you know what, this can work on its own. And like, I've had multiple people ask me to like turn my page into a show. So it's just like really rewarding and validating to hear Mm -hmm. that. Like, this is something people would want to see. So very, very grateful. Oh, that's so cool how that came about. And I definitely would (laughs) want to see that show. That's such an interesting premise. And um, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about how film production goes, but I mean, is that still something that you can see? happening is is creating that show oh it's like the biggest priority in my life Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so yes okay that's good to hear that's really good to hear um and as a fan of your show i i have to ask how did you end up doing the rom-com room because it just seems so now that it's like a thing that's out there it just seems like so perfect and especially Mm -hmm. you know being um you know presented by me cute and I was just looking at rom-coms and everything. I just feel like all the elements come together so well. But how how did you get involved with that? Yeah, I look at that experience. I'm like, that is all God right there. That is God just like answering every prayer that I had had. Mm. So I had been ready to leave my my previous job for a while. And I was, uh, I had applied to, okay, this is such a, this is such a confusing story, but let me try to get it right. Okay. <laughs> so my friend in New York, I had told her like, hey, I really want to, you know, like be in the love space. I had told her about my TV show and how much of a hopeless romantic I am and late bloomer and traveling and all that stuff. And she had just written a musical about like a uh, romance, like meeting someone online and all that stuff. And the musical was doing really well. Mm-hmm. And so when I had the conversation with her, she was like, hey, I actually got this email from this company called uh, Frolic Media and they're looking for a podcast host for a rom-com podcast and i was like cool so she put me in touch with actually one of my friends who worked at frolic and i didn't know that she worked there so we like Mm. you know we were talking like oh my gosh i had no idea you worked here and so i had like three rounds of interviews to be the co-host of that podcast that they were doing and i didn't get it Mm. and i was absolutely devastated because i had done like a chemistry test with the main host and i thought they really liked me i thought i did a really good job and i just feel like i you know i like to talk and i feel like i'm pretty personable and i have a personality and i was like i i feel like i did everything right and they just decided to go with someone else and i was absolutely heartbroken Mm. and so that same friend sent me this opportunity from meet you who they were like hey they're also looking for podcast hosts for a new podcast would you be interested i applied and i kid you not like probably two like two hours later got email from them being like hey let's schedule an interview so i had five rounds of interviews with them and then i was at king's cross station in london when they called me told me that i got it and so i was just like looking like an absolute fool at king's cross station screaming my head off (laughs) jumping up and down um because that's the busiest train station in all of london Mm. probably i think in like all of england so it was just really it was really funny and just like a perfect place um to get that news and so yeah we've been doing the podcast first episode came out january 28th i believe and yeah you can listen to the rom-com room wherever you listen to podcasts apple spotify google play anywhere Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah Yeah, and that's how that came out yeah and i'm sure that's been really fun i i get the idea idea but listening to y'all like y'all have really good chemistry so 
I'm sure it's a lot of fun behind the scenes, just like recording and putting the episodes together. Um, Would you say that? I love my co-host, Mercedes. She's amazing. She's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And is this like... A thing that is gonna. I'm sorry, I'm asking about her own cover room. I'm just so curious about it because I no, enjoy it so much. <laughs> but is this something that you see continuing for a while, or is it like a a thing that's only you and Mercedes are only going to be doing for a set period of time? So right now we're set to do it for a year. So okay. we still have some time left. Yeah, we're only in month two, so we still have some time left. Yeah. and then we'll we'll see we'll see afterwards. <laughs> okay. Oh mm-hmm. well. I would definitely be tuning in to um, <laughs> yes. to hear what all um, you all come up with and the other films that you tackle. So ooh, thank you, so thank excited. you. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, thinking about your study abroad experience um, or you know your other travel experiences that you've had. Well, first of all, I wanted to ask. You know, with going to Prague. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you did in particular to be able to afford doing that? To go to Prague? So actually, yeah. um, all of my tuition from school transferred over. So that was really nice. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So my school fees covered studying abroad. So I was very happy about that. Okay, <laughs> awesome, awesome. But I could talk about... Um, okay, so this is actually very interesting for my for my internship at the Cannes Film Festival. So mm-hmm. it was an internship in the sense that we didn't get paid, but we actually had to pay for the program. Mm. And I always love this story because when I was in a sorority... So when I was pledging my sorority my, my freshman year, this man and his wife and his child came to the sorority house because I think his wife was in the sorority or something. Mm. And it was his daughter's birthday. And I was in musical theater in high school. So I sang her this rendition of Happy Birthday, but it was like a musical theater-esque version. Mm-hmm. And she loved it. And he was just, he gave me his card and he was like, if you ever need anything, you just let me know. And so like a year later, I emailed him and was like, hey, I have to, like, I got accepted to this internship program, but I can't afford it, wondering if you'd be willing to sponsor me. Hmm. So he gave me some money for for that. And then I reached out to the dean of my college, of VPA, and told him, like, hey, I, I, I got accepted to this internship, I can't afford it. So the, the, the college gave me some money, and then I was still, like, a little over $1,200 short. Hmm. And so I emailed the chancellor of our school, <laughs> and I was like... Hey, Nancy, um, I got into this internship program and I can't afford it. Uh, do you think you'd be willing to sponsor me? And like, she replied like 10 minutes later and the money was in my account like an hour later. Whoa. It was insane. The, I, like only in college would that ever happen, you know, just yeah. like people giving you money just because you go there, you know? <laughs> yeah, just because you asked, just because you were yeah. bold enough to ask. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So that is how I was able to go to France. And that was, you know, and I, that's why I feel like I look at that time. It was like, it was such a, such a magical experience for me. So mm. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And you were mm. able to, Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, <laughs> I, I just, know, crazy story, right? <laughs> I just, I'm thinking about myself and how I struggle to ask people for things, and how you were just able to be like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. Can you help me help sponsor this yep. this, um, this thing I'm going on?" And you got it. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate. It. I mean, I'm very like when I have my mindset on something, I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and that you did. You did. For exactly. sure. Um, <laughs> well, other than like, like financial wise, you know, affording to go abroad. Um, do you have any like general tips or advice for people who want to study abroad or people who want to do more solo travel? Basically, anyone who wants to do the things that you've done. Do you have any advice that you'd want to share with them? 
Yeah. Um, stop waiting around for people because I know that's anyone listening. That's your excuse why you haven't taken that trip yet. You're <laughs> waiting for your friends to become available or your friends to have money or whatever. If you have the money and you have the time, just go by yourself. Honestly, I think too, like we get so scared of being on our own or like thinking something dangerous is going to happen. And like with that, I have a lot of safety tips on my page. Like I made a whole video about how to stay safe as a solo traveler that I encourage people to check out. But also too, like if you live in America, just know most other countries are more safe than America. So <laughs> just want to point that out. Um, and honestly, like just, just take the leap. It is so rewarding. It's so empowering, especially when you like figure it out. Right. So I don't plan any of my trips. I just go, I book my ticket, I book my hostel, and then I just figure it out once I get there. Mm-hmm. And it's the most empowering thing when you just come back from a trip and you're like, gosh, I, I did that so successfully. I saw everything I wanted to see like i i I navigated the country well i made new friends had a fresh perspective on things like that's a really successful trip so Mm -hmm. i would say honestly just go because what you get out of it is so much more rewarding than all the fear and everything beforehand that you put into it Mm -hmm. what you benefit what you gain from it will outweigh the the fears that you have exactly I appreciate you saying that. That's a really good point. Of course. Um, <laughs> uh, and you've also plugged um, <laughs> like your Facebook group and uh, your podcast and other things that you're doing. But just so people are clear, can you uh, give us a rundown of where people can reach you or keep up with you online? if you'd like him to do so, which I'm sure that you would. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I am on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, my handle is at Kenten Hollywood. And I have a link tree in both of my bios. that have links to, you know, all like different articles and different things there. So you can find me on those platforms. I'm pretty consistent on them. <laughs> mm. Okay. And as yeah. you mentioned that the rom-com room is available or podcasts are and mm-hmm. I, I hope more people listen to it because it's just, it's so fun. I, and I think y'all are really fun to listen to. I like listening to people who seem to have a good rapport, seem to have like, be good friends, or at least have good chemistry, you know? So yeah, it yeah. works for oh, me for you. sure. So I'm sure it'll work for <laughs> more you. people as they, um, as they find it. So yeah. So, that. Thank you. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, so those are basically all the questions I had for you today. Um, Wonderful. That I was hope, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed yourself. I have enjoyed uh, talking to you. So I hope that you, this has been a good experience for you as well. I had a wonderful time, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. I'm so honored. And I always love to talk about traveling, love to talk about being a late bloomer. So thank yeah. you for giving me the opportunity to do that. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And um, I really appreciate again your your generosity of your time and your um your insight on all the fantabulous things that you've done and i hope you get to do more fantabulous things in the future <laughs> oh thank you so much i appreciate it y'all i hope you enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much thank you you too take care <laughs> take, bye bye kendra <laughs> all right y'all there it is Thanks to Kendra for being such a wonderful guest, and I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook, and at YG Abroad on Twitter. And don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. 
Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to Young, Gifted, and Abroad wherever podcasts are. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you leave ratings and reviews. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for the next episode in two weeks, the guest will be an educator and a specialist in diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, who became a mother in undergrad and still found a way to study abroad three times in Europe and Latin America. So you can look forward to hearing all about that in two weeks. But until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time. Oh,